Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. For the third straight day today, there was hope that civilians in Ukraine might be permitted to escape cities besieged by Russian forces. But Ukraine says the Russian military once again opened fire on these humanitarian corridors, something that Russia denies. Russia also caught the world's attention last week when it attacked and took over Ukraine's and Europe's largest nuclear power plant. And there are now fears that Russia could set its sight on the country's three other active nuclear plants. Earlier today, our colleague Tim Mack became the first reporter to visit the Rivna nuclear plant since the Russian invasion, and he spoke with the person in charge there. Hey, Tim. Hey there. So tell us a little more. What is the Rivna plant like? So the Rivna nuclear power plant is in northwestern Ukraine, close to the Belarusian border. As we drove into this town where it was located past numerous checkpoints, you see these six enormous stacks that stand out on the horizon and steam billows from a number of those stacks is quite a sight to see. Uh, on the site of the plant, we spoke to Pavlo Pavlishin. He's the director general of the power station. Before the war, he spoke daily to the staff at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. That's the one controlled by Russians now. He said he's deeply worried about his colleagues, what they're going through, and the implications for the safety of that plant. You have to understand, working under conditions when the guards are pointing guns at you is very stressful. Hmm. So what did he tell you about the safety and security of the Rivna plant? Well, he had a stark message. He said that due to the invasion, he can no longer guarantee it. What can you do to assure the world that this uh, nuclear site is safe? It's a very complicated question because I can assure the public that it's safe here in a peaceful time. We follow regulations, we have very good staff, we follow security protocols. But in the times of war, everything is uncertain because any military actions near nuclear power plants are very dangerous. He said they're taking actions to secure the site and ensure its safety, but couldn't go into details. He said that they were, quote, ready for anything. It's worth pointing out the Russian forces are right now far away, and there are right now no signs that the Russian or Belarusian forces are seeking to take the site. But the warning shows just what's at stake here. Yeah. Well, I mean, given the fact that Russia has also taken control of the nuclear plant in Chernobyl, which has been decommissioned, does he think that Russia is now deliberately targeting Ukraine's nuclear facilities at this point? Yes, he does. Uh, During the Russian takeover of the Zaporizhia uh, nuclear site, a fire also broke out on a building on that site. Here's what Pavlishin said about those attacks. It's very dangerous in any country and Ukraine as well. It must be called nuclear terrorism. We cannot call it any other way. He said the Ukrainian military would fight off any attempt to take the site he's in charge of. And what this raises is the prospect of another fierce firefight around a nuclear plant, which is, of course, really dangerous. God, this is terrifying. Well, Tim, I just want to step back for a moment because you have been in Ukraine for several days now. Can you just give us an overall snapshot of what you have been seeing personally? 
Well, you know, I, I've been witnessing and the NPR team on the ground here in Ukraine has been witnessing this growing humanitarian crisis. The UN says that now more than 1.7 million Ukrainians have left the country and that number is growing every day. For millions uh, more that remain inside this country, whether they're internally displaced or they remain where they originally were living, the sounds of air raid sirens and explosions have become this terrifying daily reality. That is NPR investigative correspondent Tim Mack in Western Ukraine. Thank you so much, Tim, and stay safe. Thank you so much. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. When you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Homes.com has got you covered with a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Macmillan Audio. One of the most thought-provoking books about the Middle East, Thomas L. Friedman's From Beirut to Jerusalem, is now available as an unabridged audiobook featuring a new preface read by the author. Find it wherever audiobooks are sold. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, We are also reliably informed that among your enthusiasms, in addition to macroeconomic policy, is mobile games. Uh, There is some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.